I'm Steve Politi from NJ Advance Media, joined as always by James Cratch, Keith Sargent. Well, guys, I think we knew a game like that was going to happen this season. The first six games, Rutgers looked like a different team. I said that this was the first time, the first game that reminded me of 2019, and I took a lot of heat from fans on Twitter about that. But the reason wasn't that the team was ill-prepared or poorly coached. It was just a physical mismatch. And you knew from almost the first few minutes of that game, at least I thought you did, that Penn State was better up front on both lines of scrimmage, and it was going to be very hard for the Scarlet Knights to win that game. Uh, 23-7 loss. Cratch, did anything other than that one physical mismatch thing stick out to you? No, I, I think that, you know, in hindsight, maybe we were, obviously Penn State was 1-5, and five, but, you know, if you think about it, they were right there with Indiana. They were kind of competitive with Ohio State, beat up on Michigan. They maybe were not as bad as we thought they were, <laughs> I, I think, in hindsight. Uh, but no, I, I think that that opening drive, it, it felt like a victory in the moment for the Scarlet Knights when they held them and they got off the field. But in hindsight, it was just kind of Penn State showing, hey, we're going to be able to assert our will whenever we want today. Right. And, and yeah, it was just, and again, you know, it's Penn State. And I, I know the record was there and I thought there was, there was so much optimism going into this thing. Sarge, I do wonder also, are we just seeing now the product of a team that doesn't have a lot of depth that, you know, started the season that was rolling an emotional high now playing a big 10 opponent week after week. Or is this team just flat, flat out where now? Yeah. And I've asked, uh, I asked both Mike to Ter- Ter- after the game the other day, I asked Graciano today and I actually did some research on it, but uh, this is the first time Rutgers has ever had eight straight big 10 games in as many weeks. Um, um, and I, as far as I could tell, it's the first time they've actually had eight Power Five conference opponents in, in as many weeks. So, you know, it, it's, it's a grind. Um, and not and keep in mind, not every team in the Big Ten has has done this because some teams have had off because of COVID-related uh, reasons. The, the Maryland team that they're facing this week has only played four games. So, right. not everyone's in the same boat. But you know, eight games in as many weeks. This will be number eight. That's, that's a grind. I know, you know, I, I, I'm looking at Cratch right now, and I, I, I can see that he's kind of grinded down, you know, through – you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle it this week. Uh, well, you're talking about Cratch. I mean, geez, you you nearly fell off your chair in the press conference to the point that people – I don't know if anyone watches the press conference. The Greg Shiano had to stop in a mid-answer. He's the man's he talking did. about Maryland. He's trying to, you know, give a good answer to, to a question. All of a sudden he says, Sarge, are you okay? And I, I wasn't – of course, you know, I, I'm the same way. I was, I was about to fall asleep to fall off my chair. I looked down at the pick. I looked down at the zoom, and there's Sarge, and he's like, he's he's leaning his head back, like, you know, like this, like, like the tension of the world where you're in your shoulders. What was wrong? Yeah, I mean, we have a construction crew. I saw my 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 little makeshift office, yeah. and they're they're putting new siding and new windows on. So, I right. thought I thought the entire bookcase was going to come down on me at that point. That would have been something. So that would be the kind of thing that would have gotten picked up on CNN, right, Cratchit? We could have had orchestrated it that mid. There's Greg Shano talking about Maryland and all of a sudden Sarge is covered with bookshelves. That would have been good. Would, would have been watched. great TikTok content. Great definitely. TikTok yeah, content. You, you could be a TikTok influencer. I, got, I gotta doing? say one thing. We have, you know, what, so we have a, we'll talk to Greg on Thursday. Uh, we'll talk to Greg next week, presumably uh, Big Ten Champions Week, although like I feel like this is infrastructure week. Like I don't actually know if it's going to happen. And then after that, like I would assume the season's over. Please can we be able to have a in-person press conference by like august wow that's I, it's it's just like zoom it's everyone's doing the best they can but it's just like i, I never want to be on a zoom call again as soon as i can 
I mean, you can imagine there's people who do it all day, every day. I mean, we really do it a couple of times, you know, for press conferences. I, I just, you could lose your mind. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not a good way to cover sports, folks. And I'm sure if you're sitting there doing whatever you do for a living, you're thinking, I've, I've got it worse than you do. You're probably right. All right, let's talk about this game a little bit. I don't think it's worth diving into too many details. Uh, the fourth down calls, though, Cratch. And once again, we were on opposite sides of this debate based on reading your film review uh, this morning. Uh, you liked the fact he was aggressive there. My problem with the first one, at least, the second one I, I kind of got. The first one, I thought he was making a decision by going for it on fourth and one from his own 45 that changed the outcome of the game too early. That was my one, my one thought. When they lost that, the moment, he, moment Johnny Langan was stuffed on that play, I thought, all right, they're going to score. And they did. They were in the five plays, scored a touchdown. It's 7-0. Now they're playing from behind the entire game. We asked him about being aggressive, and it's clear that this is, you know, this is his philosophy now. You know, he's going he's gonna to do this. What did you think of those two calls, Craig? I thought the first call, I mean, look, as I said a thousand times on this podcast, you shouldn't have the quarterback five yards deep in the backfield to get a yard. I just have never, this ever made sense to me, but that's where football is in 2020. I understood going for it both times. I thought the first play call, okay. I think the, the graphic was flashed by the BTN crew right before the you know, play. Johnny Lang was like 11 of 11 on third and one and fourth and one in his career. So that wasn't true, by the way. That wasn't true. Oh, actually, I, I did the research. He, he was, uh, yeah, he's actually seven for nine, but, you know, well, it wasn't true. Okay. I, I mean, Matt Millen is part of this operation, so are you really surprised, Sarge? Yeah. Uh, but anyway. I, just, I, did, I did the re- research, and, and, and Rutgers Media Relations actually did it as well. So just, yeah. I, I saw that stat. It just wasn't true. Yeah, it didn't seem true. But anyway, uh, the second fourth and one, I, I just don't know how anyone thought that that play was going to work. First yeah, off, right. you know, you're not fast enough to block Penn State. Second off, you're making Johnny Lagan roll to his right, and it looks like almost stop his feet and come across his body. And third, if you look at the person, Personnel. Look, I understand they were dinged up. They had tight ends who don't usually play or can't block on the field. I just don't know what the personnel was and the play call. They didn't have much of a chance. And, and the thing that stood out to me was they got kind of gun shy after that on fourth down. And they had a couple of other fourth and manageables later in the game where they could have gone for it and they didn't. So I think that kind of impacted the way the game unfolded as well. I wonder if this was if this was Sean Gleason's Drew Merringer game or Drew Merringer moment. Everything, all the trick stuff works so well early on, Sarge. You know, like he's trotting out all these great plays, throwing back to the tight end for the double overtime against Michigan. All this stuff is working. And then all of a sudden he has this game where he tried to, I mean, he tried one trick play that sticks out other than, you know, the one we just, you just talked about with, with Langan on fourth one is when they tried to double reverse to Bo Melton. And suddenly the moment Melton got the ball, he, he like had six Penn State players around him. And I mean, it was like, this might've been Sean Gleason's moment. Like, Oh wait, this is this Jimmy and this Jimmy and Joe sometimes are more important than my strategy. I'll say this like watching Rutgers offense it's kind of reminded me a little bit of college as a student reporter covering South Carolina. There would be weeks where Steve Spurrier would roll out like this five act masterpiece game plan where everything was like poetry. And then there were weeks right. where it just felt like they were just making stuff up on the fly on the sideline. And I don't know if it was that, you know, drastic this past week, but it really did feel like a lot Rutgers was just kind of like throwing stuff against the wall on set. All right, you talk you mentioned the, na- the the name here that Rutgers fans have talked about more than the game itself, Matt Millen. You know, <laughs> 
it, it's worth addressing here because, you know, no matter what he was going to say there in that sentence about Noah Vedral, when he start, when you start the sentence and you know it's going to be a criticism and you say he's, he runs like a, there's no way that sentence end well, right? If, he's, if he says, if he really was going to say he runs like a girl, then that, that should be the end of his career and no questions, if, ands, or buts. But if he was going to say he runs like a quarterback, well, that's just dumb. Because, I mean, I mean we, we watched the Giants here. Daniel Jones ran 80 yards at 24 miles per hour one of the games this year. So, there, I mean, it just, again, it just speaks to, and, and, I, and I'm sorry for fans. Like, I don't watch games on TV. This is the first time in my life that I've watched nearly every, I'm watching, you know, so many hours of games on TV because usually I'm at them. And, I mean, it is just painful to listen to them. I, I understand people told me he's a nice man he had health problems i hope i hope that this is it that crash that he's retiring at the end of this year yeah i mean look it's it's tough like this is what i come back to i told you guys this i think in text on sunday at any given week at most there are 16 nfl games in the country and usually whoever calls the thursday night game cover calls a sunday night game or a sun you know at monday so but there's like 45 to 65 college football games in America every week. Like at some point you just need warm bodies in in the booth. And I think that this is what happens when, when you're Rutgers and Penn state and you're two and five and they're one and five, you're not going to get the A team. You know, a guy like Jerry DiNardo would be tremendous in the booth, but Jerry DiNardo has got a pretty good job, you know, being in the studio. So, you know, I I think that also kind of factors into it. And I'm sure that the challenges we face, I'm sure TV and broadcast teams probably face the same challenges in preparing Mm -hmm. for a game with with the lack of access and everything. But yeah, I mean, look, you're right. There was nothing Matt Nolan was going to say if he had finished his sentence that would have been a positive thing. And yeah, I get it. He's a Penn State grad i've never really been bent out of shape about the, the homerism and announcing just because it's college football at the end of the day like it's it's not war and peace but yeah i, I think that matt millen is probably a guy who uh you know it's probably time for him to ha- pass the torch and i i don't mind the, the homerism doesn't bother me either it's just the the lack of preparedness and sarge you know we've written a lot about noah vedrill it didn't it didn't take much more than a google search to know the guy couldn't play last week like I, I don't think there's any secret that he, he had to be playing hurt. He had to he had to have some physical limitations. I mean, he wasn't a hundred percent. So when he's barreling into, you know, what do you expect at the end of a, a game against a more physical team when you've run 14 times. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's protecting himself, right? Well, I mean, there's one thing that we have seen, you know, with, with no Vedral and we could talk about, you know, some of his, his, his weaknesses, you know, at another time, but the, the guy puts his head down and, and runs, you know, you tweeted it out the, the week before against Michigan, you know, he, he basically carried two, two defenders into the end zone for on a two point conversion, you know, that, that, you know, sent the game into overtime. I mean, the, the kid is as tough of, of a runner, you know, as Rutgers has had in a while. I mean, is he Johnny Langan? No, but Johnny Langan is, uh, doesn't even consider himself a quarterback. He's an athlete. So he's way off, off the mark from, from, from that standpoint. I will say this about, about, uh, Matt Millen. Two years ago, I did uh, I did a big behind the scenes uh, Big Ten Network. Um, you know, the story was Rutgers, Michigan. You know, how they actually you know got a game on the air, and it, the crew the uh, that 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 was working was the Matt Millen crew. But Matt Millen had been sick at that point, 
and just talking to like the various people who, who uh, were on that crew, like Matt Millen was beloved. So where Cratch, you know, talked about before that, and I think you might've mentioned it too, that like, you know, I guess he's highly respected. I, I, I think that's probably part of the reason why he's, uh, uh, you know, still on the air that I guess he's kind of revered, you know, at least, you know, within the uh, big 10 network uh, crew. I have no doubt. And I, I, I've heard that from other people as well, but there's a certain point that you're, I mean, you're on television. You're one of the faces. I, 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 yeah, no, I'm not debating that. I mean, I, yeah. I, I completely, I completely agree with that. I'm just saying as a, as a reasoning of, of why he's still on the air, that's probably why. Cratch, while, while we're talking about Vedral, do you, I mean, do you think they should have mixed in a little art there? I mean, the fan base certainly does. I, I'm at the point now where I understand why he's sticking with Vedral. I, I you know, I believe that it, it gives him the best chance to win. That said, he did not have a great game. I'm not sure if, you know, Bart Starr would have had a great game in that situation. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, look, I, I was the game, you know, the rain kind of died down right after kickoff, so that wasn't an issue. It was pretty windy throughout, and I think there's a, a fair question to ask about, hey, would Art have been able, with, with his arm strength, been able to kind of cut through that wind a little bit? Obviously, the protection was not really there, so I think that kind of negates whatever Art could have done with his arm. I mean, I think we'll talk about this later in the podcast, but my biggest takeaway is, look, you know, Gleason and Chiano have voted with their actions. They clearly think Vedril is the guy by a significant margin. I think now the question is, looking forward to 2021, does Vedril stay the guy in terms of this roster development and construction? All right, that's a good segue into true or false. You guys know the rules. I'll give you a statement. You tell me if you think it's true or false. We'll discuss it at the end. True or false? Isaiah Pacheco is in Greg Schiano's doghouse. Cratch, true or false? Uh, false. <laughs> wow. <laughs> false. False. All right. So then Isaiah Pacheco is having a rough season. True or false? Cratch. True. Sarge? True. Yeah. It's just hard to explain. All right. We'll go back to that in a minute. It's true or false? Mar- Maryland minus nine sounds about right. Cratch, true or false? Uh, true. Sarge? True. Yeah, it, it, I mean, at first blush, it really does. I agree with you on that one. All right, true or false, the 2021 quarterback is currently on this Rutgers roster. Cratch, true or false? False. Wow, okay. That'll be a good topic, Sarge. True. I got to say true to it this one. We'll see what Cratch has to say at the end. All right, true or false, there should be a Rutgers-Maryland rivalry trophy. Cratch, true or false? True. Sarge? <laughs> Uh, true. I mean, don't people have to give a crap before you have a trophy? I mean, I got to say false unless – I thought we decided it was, Del- was Delaware anyway. Okay, true or false, the black jerseys were kind of awesome. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? True. True, you like – I like them too. True, I think once a year it's okay to do something different. All right, true or false, Steve Peichel might come to regret this empty week in March. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. Yeah, I, I, I still wish they had a game, but I'll agree for now that if they do take care of their business in Big Ten, they'll be okay. All right, let's go back to Isaiah Pacheco first. I mean, only five touches in that game, or is it just five carries? I can't remember exactly which. Still, whatever it is, certainly you know, not what we considered would be the key there. Was it just situational cratch or – I mean, was he just not running the ball well, or is it just the, the, thing, the thing we talked about at the beginning? I think, you know, I, maybe all of the above. 
You know, yeah. so even when I go back to the big games he's had, there's been like one big run or two big runs. You know, I, I just don't think they're, they're, they're not a great running team to begin with. I think that Greg was right after the game. We said it was, it was kind of disjointed. They were all over the place as an offense. I think that Johnny Langan is probably stealing some of those carries he would, tr- you know, traditionally get. Right. I think, but I, and I think at the same time too, you know, Pacheco is a guy who needs to get north-south. They keep on not doing it. I mean, the first play of the game did not look like he took the ball and bounced it all the way to the outside. That was clearly the play they were running, but that's just not his strength. I don't know why they keep doing that. And he's a guy who needs to get regular carries, needs to be in a rhythm. You know, I just – the running back usage, I think, is one of the more – confusing things or interesting things we've seen this year because they've kind of run hot and cold using K-Ron Adams. A guy like Aaron Young, I feel like should be doing a lot more, but they just can't really find a way to get to him. And mm-hmm. if Pacheco only five carries, it just it was just odd. It but was I, odd. I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's a discipline thing because he was used at different points of the game. You know, if that if it was that, they would have stopped using him after the first series. I just think that for whatever reason, they just were not in an offensive rhythm and they They've been unable to kind of get him going at all this year, really, right. save for a couple of big plays. This is this is going to be a weird parallel, but it, it, I wonder if it's a situation like it is with uh, with the Giants. All right, so we, they had the most talented running back in the league in Saquon Barkley, who in a lot of games would have 87 yards on one carry, and then for the game, a total of 96 yards. Whereas now they have, you know, three much less talented running backs who seem pretty good at getting five yards a carry. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, does that make any sense? Are they are they better offensively with 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 guys who would just plow forward and, and take what's right there in front yeah. of them? It's a north-south thing, thing, and you know, you know, Saquon Barkley. I know we're going to go on a tangent, but kind of reminded me of like a Barry Sanders back in the day, where you know he would course, have like yeah. you know ten, fifteen, yeah. uh, you know, two-yard two runs, you know, and then would break that one big big run. But you would take it because you know he, it, you know, it, it, it the sum of you know it, it adds up to a touchdown, and and you know is explosive. You know, Isaiah Pacheco is not in that category. But he clearly is trying to be a home run hitter. You know, you know he's trying to make something out of every every run that he get gets. Um, and, and we've talked about it. Like there's way too much, uh, you know, dancing and you know not enough north, north south. And Karon Adams is is like the complete opposite. Just goes forward. Um, you know, I I think it boils down to you know just a matter of production at this point. All right. So the 2021 quarterback. I, I mean, I just find it hard to believe that after using these eight games to you know, bring in Noah Vedral to develop him. You've got, uh, you know, what, two more years with him if you want, if you want him. I mean, Cratch, who is it, who is it going to be then? That's a great question. You know, I, I just, I just, the way I look at it is just, you know, it's hard for me to believe that Art and Noah are both going to be back in 2021. You don't really have a guy who's played below those three. I think it's very obvious that they don't consider Langan to be a, a backup quarterback. They, they consider him to be this unique part of their offense. And I look at the portal and, you know, guys like Anthony Russo, you know, Jared Guarantano might be there. You know, uh, you know, there are going to be quarterbacks in the portal. There already are a lot of quarterbacks in the portal. And I just wonder if they're going to want to have competition in that room and they're going to bring someone in. It just seems to me somewhat curious in the sense that 
I think Vedral has played okay this season, but there have definitely been times where I think, you know, look at Greg's history, he would have made a change. He didn't make a change. So I just wonder if they're going to add something to that room. We got a question about Anthony Russo from the Insiders questions, which we'll dive into now. And my first, when I first saw that name, I, I thought, what, isn't he like 28 now? Did I mean, I just couldn't, I, I just misplaced the, the, the point in time when he was, you know, the hot recruit coming out. And it was, yeah, yeah it was 2016. 2016. And, and Chris Ash had a choice between, well, I mean, uh, he had already committed to, to Kyle Flood and he, yeah. um, and, and Chris Ash wanted him, even though he wasn't the ideal fit for, uh, for the offense that he wanted to install, still looked at him on tape and, 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 and actually wanted him, re-recruited him, um, you know, Ruth so decommitted, ended up committing to Temple. They ended up getting Tylen Odin, who, who was a complete disaster yep. during his time. Um, so they got nothing out of that first uh, quarterback recruit. You know, I, who knows? I mean, I, I've seen the speculation. I don't know if Anthony Russo is a fit for, for the, the uh, Sean Gleason office at this point. Yeah. At Chris Ash. Can we go off on another Chris Ash tangent? People seem, I got a lot of um, text, positive text messages and emails about our Chris Ash tangent last well, week. Well, I was just going to point out, like, I think I wrote this in our, our preseason previews. They did not offer Kenny Pickett you know, uh, in 20, I think 2017 right. class weight when they chose Jonathan Lewis, a guy who is yep. not really contributing to the team. And meanwhile, Kenny Pickett, like, has won an ACC division title. He's going to have him in a bowl game again, all that stuff. It's just, you know, but I, yeah. <laughs> I remember when, I actually remember we asked Chris Ash about Odin and his answer. So this was a thing, and I, I will do the bit, Sarge, that we used to do with Chris Ash because Chris, oh, Ash was, Chris, Chris Ash was the most honest coach at a press conference. Like he would say, he would say, you know, 10, he'd come, try to come up with three nice things to say about a player. But if, he, but if he ran out of stuff and he was still talking, he would just, he would just lay it out there. Like it would be, and, I, this, and this, this is how we do it. I, I used to joke about how we do it with Sarge. It would be, yeah, uh, Sarge, he, you know, he's a good guy. Um, uh, he shows up, he shows up at the press conferences. Uh, he asks questions. Uh, you know, he's, he's conscientious. I mean, can he write? No, but, um, you know, I, he, he's here. I see him. He's, uh, he, you know, is, do, I, do I respect his work? Probably not, but he, he'll sit in front of me in a chair and, you know, I, 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 do, I do see him physically sometimes in front of me. Like he could, he just can't, he could just never, he could just never. Dead on. That is dead, dead on. I mean, he probably even felt that way about me too. That was a complete, it was spot on. <laughs> oh man, I, I kind of miss him. Not really. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, insider questions. Yes. Before we get a, more Chris Ash stuff, although he probably would do better for, for the listeners at this point. Uh, Rutgers Insider, thanks again for subscribing. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Um, NJ.com backslash insider. We've had a great time fielding your questions this year. All right, so this is the question we get every week, but it's a good one. Uh, as Rutgers fans, are we getting ahead of ourselves in year one of Shiano? Who wouldn't have signed up for two wins and being relevant again? So it's the it's the age old question about all right is this team meeting expectations is it exceeding expectations you know cratch you you were kind of on on board with the you know that this team had you know should have been aiming higher given how it played did that game against penn state make you say okay it's kind of right where it should be yeah no i mean i think my biggest point was just that they definitely exceed expectations and if at the end of the season you want to step back and say wow what a great year no argument there but in the moment you, you know it's okay to ask for more you know i think one of these you know like and i got an email you know from a fan ripping me for i don't even know what ripping is you ripping me 
and saying that you guys were like fair and conscientious to the team. And I was just blasting them. And I'm like, I just wrote a game story. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> but it's almost like it's like, A, hire Greg. B, get better. Z, go to the Rose Bowl. And like everything in between there, like, that's a process too. Like you can, you can go through that. So yeah, like, look, I will say this. If they get blown out by Maryland on, on Saturday, which I think there's a chance it's going to happen, and then they get hammered by Nebraska on champion Champions Week, you know, in Indianapolis or wherever the heck they play the game, it, I think it's okay in those two moments to be really disappointed in the effort, but then to step back and go, hey, two and seven, two Big Ten road wins, really competitive. Maybe we ran out of steam at the end of the year, but it was a great season. I think you can do both. I hope Kretsch takes a key turn in this Sarge right isn't it his time to be you know to be the to be the, the guy the fan base hates for a while I mean I think that's fair right, I get Sarge? those emails all the time by the way I get those emails all the time saying, you know, like Cratch is the only one who's fair like, like that Cratch is the only one who's fair oh wow okay completely yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, no one ever thinks that you're fair. So right, I get I, I get a lot of emails that uh, have have words in in order and saying say nice things about me and my mom. Okay, um, <laughs> more questions from Rutgers Insider. Uh, let's see, uh, any chance we see Snyder or Simon these last two games or an expanded role for Art? I think we've seen enough of Edgerell to know what he does or doesn't have for next season. This is, after all, a freebie season and a chance to get guys experience, as Shiano said himself earlier in the year. Uh, Cratch, I can't imagine they will, but what do you think? Let no, I, I don't think so. I think that if we were, we were going to see that kind of experimentation, we would have seen it through the first seven games already. Right. He made it clear. I mean, and he was, he was consistent from the beginning when we, you know, we looked at that, oh, maybe this will be an experimental year, that no, that – Greg Shannon's paid to win football games. He made that abundantly clear from the start, and uh, that's what he's trying to do. All right, maybe too early, but which seniors do you anticipate will be asked or want to return for 2021? It is early. Sarge, do you have any thoughts on, on guys who would, would want to come back, that, that they'll beg to come back, that they'll let go? Yeah, I mean, the, the most productive ones. I mean, you go down the list, and the, the guys who are starting now, um, you know, Nick Crimmin, you know, would, would probably be a guy that they'd like to have back. Bo Melton oh, yeah. wouldn't be a guy they'd yeah. like to have back. Oh, yeah. uh, 03, obviously, would be a guy that they want, would, would like to have back. back. Though, Kenny, he can't come back. He's got to go. Uh, probably not. I, 03 might, uh, might, might be tough. Uh, Tyshawn Fogg has been a three-year starter, and, and you know, if, if they can get him back, that would be a, you know, a big bonus. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's the guys who, who, you know, who are on the two deep right now, certainly the guys who are starting. It's going to be interesting. 03 is the type of guy who would, would probably be – he's probably worked himself into an NFL draft pick. So, I mean, that might be a little far-fetched. But for the most part, I think most of their, their seniors, I think that, you know, the ones who are starting, they have a chance to get back. I was just going to add, I think that with 03 especially, but any, you know, guy who might – it's going to be like, what does the NFL draft process look like? It's a great question. This yeah. coming fall. Yeah. You know, like, look, 03 has had a tremendous season. He might be first team all Big Ten. I don't look at him and say that's a second-round draft pick. Maybe I'm wrong. I just right now I don't think that that's necessarily what he's at. So if a guy like him is like, hey, I might be like a, a fourth or a fifth-round draft pick, am I better off going back to school? Obviously, it's a gamble because then by 2022, I'm going to have an, the NFL Combine and real draft prep and a pro day and all that. I, I think that might be a factor. And they might – some guys who are not – surefire early round picks might say hey it's i'm better off coming back 
he's the one guy I think stands out with it with an NFL decision. I think most of those guys, Bo, Brennan White, they need another season. Ideally, I, I think the big question is going to be a lot. Like, there's 40 seniors on this roster, and I think that a lot of those guys forget about. You know, obviously Greg is going to have to tell some guys, look, it's not working out here because as he talked about earlier in the year, he's got to make those scholarship numbers work going forward, and we don't know how many scholarships Rutgers can actually afford to have. But for some of those guys, they might say, look at this. Hey, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to get my degree, and I'm going to go somewhere else and do something different. I also think those juniors are, are the guys to watch because they've got two years to play. And I, I think that it's going to be far fewer guys stay than we think, because if you're not playing, they're not going to want you to stick, stay. And if uh, you are playing, you're going to think that you're good enough to, you know, to, to play at the next level. I mean, all these guys do. Whether or not, you know, I mean, they're certainly going to test the water. And, and you know, the idea that they come back at the 22-year-old and they played a few years, I think it's going to be uh, only a few of them are going to opt for that decision. All right. So, Sarge, this, this is interesting. And there are a couple of questions about the behind-the-scenes uh, wrangling of the schedule this week if Michigan couldn't play. And the question was, would Rutgers get sent to Nebraska? Um, I assume we think that's dead now. I mean, it's, it, you know, because um, <laughs> someone asked if yeah. they get sent to Nebraska, should they ask for money to offset the cost? Um, which of course they should. Is it dead? I mean, we're talking at what, two thirty on Monday. We just had the uh, Greg on a press conference. He talked about preparing for Maryland. I think it's dead, uh, but I can can tell you for a fact that you know that, that uh, you know, I spent a good portion of my Sunday talking to sources, and there was talk within the Big Ten, you know that that, and it was it was so there there were like four different scenarios, so um, you know and and you know, but I do, did do my due diligence on whether or not you know it could happen, but you know the the situation that we're talking about here is had Michigan not been able to play Ohio State, Ohio State needed a sixth game in order to be eligible for the uh, Big Ten Conference Championship game. That's the rule. And Ohio State was going to be seeking a game. They did not play Maryland earlier in the year. So if Mm -hmm. Minnesota couldn't play their game, then Rutgers would play Nebraska this week. Ohio State would play Maryland. Again, this is all stuff that, you know, I guess on the AD level they were talking about. Um, It's incredible. Yeah, whether or not – yeah, exactly. It's just 2020, completely 2020. I do know that – People within the uh, Rutgers football you know, headquarters were were aware of this, and you know, you know, while they're preparing, getting film of, of Maryland and trying to break down, you know, there was a possibility that that could ha- could have happened. As of now, again, we're talking two thirty. I think it would be the longest of, of long shots if if if, if um, Rutgers does not play Maryland this week. I can only imagine that conversation, Cratch. It must have been like, well, you know, we might need you to play Nebraska. You can say no, but if you do uh, next year, you're going to open with with at Wisconsin, at Iowa, and home against Ohio State. But that would have to be the conversation, right? Yeah, no, I, I just think it's ridiculous that they even like. First off, it looks like Michigan is going to be able to play. Uh, the, I guess Pete Thamel reported they're going to practice tomorrow, uh, which is which is great. Forget about Ohio State and the college football playoff. I mean, the Ohio State Michigan game is the most sacred event in the Big Ten. And yes, the game needs to be played if, if it's hel- if it's safe to play it, you know, and I think 
give a lot of credit to Michigan for showing up and playing it uh, with all the stuff that's going on there this year, with all the Harbaugh stuff. I think they have more than answered the bell. If they, if they put a team on the field, it's going to be very shorthanded to play an Ohio State team that is made it very clear they want to embarrass them. Uh, P.J. Flex said that he plans to play Nebraska, even though he's going to have like 20-something guys out. Again, you know, kudos to them for playing the game. But, no, I just think if, if Michigan couldn't play, this, this waived the rule. You know, you've, you've made a farce of this entire season already. Like, yes. go one more step and just do it. The only object of the season was to get Ohio State yes. into the whole reason Rutgers is playing right now is because Ohio State exactly. wants to be in the playoff. Might as well do whatever it takes to get there. But I will say this. If I were Rutgers and they had said, hey, we need you guys to do this, I would have, if I were Greg Schiano, Pat Hobbs said, okay, that's great. We want an Outback Bowl bid now. For this year? This year. Our payback for helping Ohio and, State and, and is we get a New Year's Day ball. And the Big Ten would have countered with like a you know a, a, an Outback gift card. <laughs> That's great. Here's here's a free blooming onion. That's great. How about we we start the negotiations with that? <laughs> we'll buy, we'll done. buy your deal. Done. Deal. Yes, I got it. Blooming onion. We did it. We got something from the Big Ten. Oh, beautiful. All right. Thanks for your questions, everyone. Sorry if we couldn't get to yours. Please fire it. Fire it at us. Uh, we'll uh, we'll reply whenever we can. All right. Maryland preview. Uh, fellas, we were all kind of wrong last week with our picks. You guys were wronger than uh, me and Brian Fonseca picked them Penn State to win. So this is your chance to redeem yourself. Cratch, who do you got in Maryland versus Rutgers? I've got Maryland like 40 to 30. I think that we've seen the last two years that the Terps have some speed. Yeah. And I think that's something that's just not a good matchup uh, for this Rutgers team. I think Rutgers will, will be better on offense. I think that'll be there. You know, we, Maryland kind of tends to play these pinball games, but I just think that they've got a lot of speed there. They've got a really good quarterback to his little brother. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of talent there. I think it's a, it's a, it's a series that's going to be really close, I think, really quick. But right now, I think Mike Loxley's program is just a little bit farther along down the line. Sarge, you agree? Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, the speed thing is going to be the thing that, that, that is going to be the biggest issue. And I think Rutgers, uh, you know, we talked about at the beginning, you know, eight, eight games in as many weeks. I think Maryland, you know, this is game five for them. I think they're going to be a little bit fresher. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a high scoring. Um, I think 35, 28 maybe. It's funny, and I, I think that there there is evidence that Maryland has – quite an unfair advantage in this game when you think about it because they've only played four games uh but i also do wonder if you know this is the first time that we're going to see uh an x's and o's edge from the scarlet knights and i've never felt like maryland was a well-coached team they've been extremely up and down so i'm going to pick rutgers i'm going to i'm going to go in the other direction and go with a narrow 27 24 rutgers victory uh and this uh yeah again going with my gut uh, it, it failed me last week, but it got me Purdue. So I'm going to say that they win their third road big game. Oh, boy, the more I talk, my, talk about this, I'm starting to get a little you know, unsure of it. But their third Big Ten road game of the year. Pretty impressive. All right. We want to talk some basketball. They didn't play this week. Uh, they've got a big game against Syracuse on, at 9.30 tomorrow. Um, I mean, what do we think about the, the Scarlet Knights in that one? Um, 
Cratch. Not uh, Jim Beheim's best team, but certainly they will be athletic and hard mm-hmm. to score against. I uh, gotta win it. Must win. You know, uh, it doesn't look like the Seton Hall game is going to happen. Uh, they're running. You know, it's <laughs> going to be very hard. I think to get non-conference dates after this one. You know, obviously, I don't fault Steve Peichel for not playing last week. You know, I, I think that you know, you, you gotta choose your spots during a pandemic. But once the Big Ten schedule starts, one, I think that's the most important thing, obviously, for this team. That's where the their postseason fate is going to be determined. But two, we're going to see so much upheaval and so many games postponed and canceled and moved and shifted that it, once you start conference play, you're not going to play another non-conference game. So I think they really have to win this game and get at least one quality non-conference win under their belt. That trip for uh, Kevin Peichel to uh, State College almost didn't go uh, didn't go swimmingly as he expected, did it, Sarge? That was that was something else. No, and and, and just a little inside baseball. But Cratch had a uh, had a tweet all queued That's up. Right. That's right. And I'm glad I'm glad he didn't because th- 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 those oh, no. types of tweets don't age well. But you know, yeah, what was the, the tweet, Cratch? Can you say it? Can can you give can you give us the the tweet? that you're ready that you had your finger on send until they won that game? Oh, I was just going to throw out that, you know, in hindsight, maybe, you know, maybe Seton Hall would have dragged down Rutgers net. So, you know, maybe, ah. they, maybe that would wise. not have aged well. That would yeah. not have aged No, it would well. not have aged well. That's why you don't tweet kids. All four Seton Hall fans on Twitter would have, would have abused you for that. Certainly. Uh, is, is Gio Baker going to be back? What is the latest with him? We got a bunch of questions on him. I mean, he's had now nine days right off between games. Is he? So our intrepid basketball uh, correspondent Brian Fonseca was on Steve Peichel's conference call earlier today. It sounds like Steve said, you know, Gio's making progress, but he hasn't practiced yet. And I guess Steve did the whole, like, you know, that coach thing where they, they basically don't want to say a guy's not going to play, but they do like, well, if he hasn't practiced, he can't play. Right, right. Was he practiced, Steve? No. So it sounds like probably not going to happen against Syracuse, but it sounds like they will have Gio back, uh, hopefully by the start of Big Ten play. Uh, well, I mean, it seems like yeah, that that's the important part of it. Um, you know, again, just want to see you want to see what this team does against a good competition. And the thing that worries me is there's just not a lot of, I mean, there's not a lot of room to slip up. You know, I'm this is a team that lost to St. Bonaventure last year in the non-conference. You know, there are just there are games you have bad nights, and you're in the point now with this with this basketball season that a couple of bad nights, you know, can be devastating, right, Sarge? I mean, if, if you think of it that way. Uh, if if you have a bad night and then you have a an opponent has a COVID scare, I mean it 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 gets dicey in a hurry. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you know, getting back to the, the point of of you know, should Rutgers have played? You know, yeah. I think at the end of the season, we're just going to be looking at like what you know how teams finish in, in in conference play. You know, if Rutgers finishes you know top seven or eight, which is kind of where where everyone expects, no one's going to care whether or not they had a game. You know, you know, you know, in in, in, in you know in between all this, or all, all people are going to be looking at is you know where, where they finish in conference. I you know, I, I think it's you know. No, no one would have cared. It was probably the smartest move. All right, fellas, anything else we have to discuss here? Kind of a slow week otherwise? No? No? Not much. It's Going just, uh, <coughs> just moving, you know, moving along. I will say this. Um, this football season has been just a marathon, and I can only imagine what, you know, it's going to be like the next couple of weeks, you know, especially when we the, the, get down to the, the – the bowl, the bowl question, and we've asked uh, Greg Schiano, you know, the other day about whether or not they would actually. And look, I mean, Rutgers, it's, the point is moot now, probably because you know, even if they beat Maryland and you know won their ninth game, they're probably not going to uh, you know uh, go. But uh, either way, 
there are going to be so many programs. You pointed to to, to uh, Bronco Mendenthal, right? Who who yeah. you know, he said he uh, you know he he wasn't going to do it. You know, at, at, we've seen a lot of bowls have have already uh, gone dark. You know, pinstripe yeah. bowl being one of them. But you know, it's going the next couple of weeks is going to be really a litmus test of whether or not you know teams are just going to pack it in. Even I the mean, bonus doesn't feel like a bonus at this point. You know why? You know, it's just like well, it, you the, got eight the, games in. Yeah, the big thing is like coaches have always used the, the bowl prep. You know, those fifteen practices they they, they right. consider an extra you know spring camp, but you don't even get that at this point. Yeah, it's just it, it's like I think Bronco Mendenhall. I didn't say it directly, but like if all right, so you're gonna play December nineteenth. You know, Big Ten Champions Week. Uh, let's say you're Wisconsin and you get invited to the Outback Bowl. Are you really gonna keep all your kids? and your coaches on campus away from testing every day right. over Christmas away from their families to go play a bowl game that, you know, you, you've been there a thousand times. You didn't do anything special this season. Fans was, can't go anyway. It's not a reward yeah. for anybody. It's just shut it's it down. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. It really, it does feel like that. I mean, yeah, the whole point of a bowl thing is for this enjoyable reward at the end of the season where these kids go, they get a bag full of stuff. They play a game on TV, their families travel to someplace warm, unless it's Rutgers and end up going to, you know, international bowl, Toronto, Birmingham, something like that, you know, but it, it's, I mean, it is a good, it is a good thing. And it just seems like, yeah, I just got, I have to imagine so many teams are going to say no thanks to that. All right, fellas. Thanks. I appreciate it. Signing off, Steve Politi, James Kratz, Keith Sargent. We'll be back on Monday to recap the Maryland game. Thanks for listening.